G'day Raiders family, it's Berkey here and welcome to this week's edition of our Round 7 preview against the Manly Sea Eagles. Um, guys, I've got to be honest, I really, really hate these type of games uh, from a basis of probably last week against the Broncos, it was still a little bit iffy um, and we got away with the win obviously, but I think sides like Manly, um, the Knights, the Titans, sort of those sides early on in the year, you're just not too sure where you're standing. And this is one of those games where it's away from home. Uh, Manly are desperate. They pushed St George right to the sword last week down in Wollongong. Uh, and it's just one of those games you just don't know how Manly are going to turn up and how we're going to turn up. So I really get a lot more jittery with these games with expectation around probably more our guys' mental attitude playing Manly who, who haven't been in the best of form um, and just how we react to that type of thing with a... Fairly volatile Brookvale crowd, um, uh, Brookvale crowd, sorry, who are right on the play. Uh, so it, it's it's always a bit of a concern going to these type of games, just how we come out early, and we need to come out early with speed and intensity, which I'll get to later on in the top ten. So look, fingers crossed. I think we've matured a lot over the last couple of years with these type of games, and we haven't played mainly at Brookvale since I think 2017, I think from memory. Um, so it's going to be a really good test for us. It's an afternoon game, which I think will, once again, suit our speed power play, which I'll cover in our top 10 shortly as well. But let's get into the top 10 for now. I want to concentrate on Manly first, as I do most weeks in my top 10. Obviously, their kingpin, kingpin's going to be uh, Daly Cherry Evans. Now, what Cherry Evans does a lot, looking at the St George game last week, um, from in line with their goalposts, he will sweep to his right side all the time, or a lot of the time. He'll try to pick up Moses Sui, um, Suley. He'll try to pick up Curtis Sirinan uh, a lot of the time as well. And he'll do a lot of grubber kicks. So I think um, uh, Nickel Clockstead's got to be closer up to the line to combat that grubber. Uh, Cherry Evans does uh, a very shallow grubber to get just, tr just to try and get him behind their line or our line. So he's got to be up Nickel Clockstead pretty close. Cherry Evans has to do a lot of long kicks close to the line, but his grubbers are, are those crappy type of unsure which way the bounce has got to be. So Nickel Clocks has got to be really aware of that and play close to just behind Jared and just behind the other edge player in Elliott or whoever that might be, um, as well as Nick Kotrick. So he's just got to be really careful in relation to that grubber kick. But Cherry Evans is their kingpin. What he also does a lot of the time is he runs... Prim primarily on a 45 degree angle across field. So what it does is it opens up space on his inside for the inside ball, hoping to catch one of our defenders or our markers who are lazy coming across and not covering that gap on the inside. And he's hoping to find that gap close to his inside shot or he turns the ball. That's where the gap's going to be. So our markers and our middle defenders have to move across up and across at every time he has the ball. Nine times out of ten, he's going to run that 45-degree angle. If he dummies on the inside, he'll usually hit Moses Suley straight. So Jared might be in for a bit of a torrid time because Suley's a big, a big body and a big guy. So Jared needs to be aware of that and get up quickly. Once again, like I say, most sweeps for these ball players, you've got to take their time management off them so they force the play. If you stand back and watch Cherry Evans, he'll make you look foolish. So we've got to get up in the line and get actually in the line to combat his opportunities of trying to hit a face ball out to his winger. Once again, if Clockstat's playing up 
and we're up in the line and Cherry Evans does a grubber in panic mode, then Nick, then um, uh, Shanice is going to be there to take that ball. So it's really important that we don't panic when Cherry Evans is running across field on that 45 degree angle um, and just keep our line straight. Jack can't afford to shoot out of the line tomorrow because that's where that gap's going to be with the inside ball. If Jack overcommits like he did last week with Nick Arima, when that tribal scores. So we've just got to be confident in our inside players. But Cherry Evans is the kingpin. He's also their main kicker. Now, we've had some good success with kickers of other sides the last couple of weeks, particularly Michael Morgan, who put a lot of pressure on. Cherry Evans is their main kicker in general player to try and get out of trouble. So we've just got to keep that in mind. Number two, I've gone for Martin Depau. Now, I say this every year about Depau. He'll be full of intent and venom early. It's important we don't get sucked into it. He likes to try and draw guys into a slingy match or a sledgy match. He tries to get motivation from one of our players trying to put a big hit on him or verbal him. Don't try and get into his play. Uh, that's what he wants to, to psych himself up. So we've got to be very careful we just don't get involved in any of that crap with him because that's what he wants to do. And with a, Brookvale, a, a, a home crowd at Brookvale, that's also going to add to the passion in his mind to try and get the crowd involved to help him keep motivated when he's on and and when he gets subbed off and then when and, and then when he comes back on, he becomes very passionate about trying to leave the side. Now the big thing with Tapao, if they're running this way, he will take the ball on their left edge. He's got a massively big palm and then he tries to offload with his left a lot of the time. So he'll run left edge or our right edge, so into John Bateman a lot of the time probably. Uh, or, or Papali or, or Louis when he's on. He likes to fend right and pop left. So these guys here have to really push up on those runners for Manly who are going to be tight just to combat that. That's his really only big play. Right fend, left up, left offload. If we can combat that, it'll take away a lot of Manly's second phase play, which they thrive off with to Powell. If we can combat that early, then they won't have the field position to get that momentum over the top of us. That's a really important thing about Tapao's play. We need to be aware of. He loves that left-hand offload. We've got to be aware of it. Number three, once again, I say it every year, Joel Thompson. Now, when he was at the Canberra Raiders and the St George Dragons, he ran a beautiful flat line where he'd get the ball flat, step in and hit the hole coming back this way. Probably a lot of the time that Elliot Whitehead does for us, Thompson hits the ball back on the angle into the gap. It's very hard to combat if our marker defenders on that right edge are not coming across. If we're lazy from that marker, and particularly Joel Thompson's quite dangerous 15 metres, 25 metres, 5 metres out from the line, where he'll get probably a ball from Kane Elgie or Cherry Evans sweeping across from the right edge to the left edge hitting flat. So our markers have to be careful and follow the ball across. Thompson, nine times out of ten, similar to Cameron Smith and Jesse Bromwich, nine times out of ten, he's going to get the ball. So we just need to be aware of it, aware of it don't overcommit, and make sure we've got eyes for Joel Thompson and not looking out the back for the second man play. We've got to take the man with the ball, and nine times out of ten, it's going to be Joel Thompson. So we need to be really aware of that play, because Manly will do it a lot. Because what they'll then do, if Thompson gets tackled, we've got two or three in the ruck, they'll then try and sweep round to the left again to try and get us off, off guard and hit a long ball out to the winger, which will be Tafua on that left edge for Manly, trying to catch Jordan Rapanis, sort of pushing in and BJ pushing in to block the play. 
So we just got to, once again, just have confidence in our guys, but line speed's really important to take away their time management and make them push the play early. Number four for Manly, I've gone for Coruscant, has caused us some issues the last couple of years. He's very good darting out of dummy half, certainly quicker than Josh Hodgson with those quick runs out of dummy half, similar to uh, Cook from, um, from South Sydney, in that he can scoot the ball up in one hand if they win the ruck and make an easy 15, 20 metres to get Manly on the front foot. The, uh, the way to combat that is that we win the ruck and we're not left with defenders on the ground, we've got to have two markers against Coruscant because he will expose us. And what he'll do is he'll pick it up, he'll loop round behind our ruck and try and go straight down the middle, drawing our wedge defenders in. So we've really got to be aware of his impact and his potency, particularly once they get to the 40 metre mark or the halfway mark, that's where he's going to be his most dangerous. So we just need to be aware of that. So they're their big four plays, I think, that Manly will try and bring to the table. I'm sure we can combat them. Um, so as far as we're concerned tomorrow, number five I've gone from Emre Goulet and Jack Murchie. Now, great to see these guys, these guys in. It's been a couple of months, obviously, since the start of the year, and they've finally got their chance. I think the really big thing about our bench players this, this year, and these two have a lot to uphold, is that we've had Horsberg played early and had a couple of wins. Hudson Young's played early and had a couple of wins. And now we've got these guys coming in. So the expectations on these bench players, they've got to bring that same passion, that same intent and that same will to win, which they will, obviously, but there's been a little bit of a bar set here by our previous young bench players in Horsburg and Hudson Young to try and make sure that these guys, Emre uh, and Jack, maintain that standard. They're young guys, they're full of passion. I think Emre will certainly come into the middle at some stage for Dynamis Louis. But I think Murchie on the edge will be really impactful. I don't expect Jack to play through the middle, but I expect him to be playing down an edge somewhere, uh, probably probably left edge uh, with Jared. Uh, I don't expect him to be playing down the middle third, uh, but that's exciting. Jack's a big raw bone guy and can certainly, certainly cause some, some issues and some impact with our attack with his momentum and his ability with his long range and his big body to draw defenders in. These guys, once again, just have to play their own game. If there's an offload there, they can't, they can't be reserved in not trying to do it. Just because they're coming up a level, they've still got to play their own game. So these guys have a bit of pressure on them, which I think is a good thing because we're winning. So they've got to make sure that they keep the Horsbergs impact, the Hudson Youngs impacts they've had going as our bench. Number six, I've gone for our right edge, which is obviously Leipana and John Bateman. Looking at the Manly left edge, it's, it's, it's very open, open. I think there's Elgie, Parker, Tafua. I mean, these guys aren't massively impactful A-graders. They're solid, but from body size, uh, speed, uh, ability and attitude, uh, the, our right edge tomorrow has is, is got some massive potency and some massive points in it. These guys haven't experienced a John Bateman before. He's going to be up in their face. He's going to be spitting venom. He's going to be, intimida he's, he's going to be intimidating. Uh, the manly left edge is very, very suspect, I think. Kane Elgie, for example, in defence, wouldn't knock the ash off a cigarette in defence. So I think we've got to really expose that. The only way we'll expose it, though, is getting good field position and just giving the edge the space they need. 
Now, our right edge needs at least 40 metres, 30 metres of space open to it just to spread the Manly defence wide. We can't be attacking that edge uh, with Manly with a 15, 20 metre blind. It won't work. We need at least 30 to 40 metres for these guys to do their stuff. But I think down that right edge tomorrow, we can score a lot of points if we have good discipline and have a really good field position. Number seven, I've gone for uh, Ryan Sutton versus Jake Trebojevic. Now, Trebojevic, I didn't mention in Manly's other four, but he is the Manly forward leader. Uh, Trebojevic likes to be impactful uh, and intimidating someone in our pack, and I think tomorrow he's going to try and aim up to either Ryan Sutton or John Bateman, but I think Sutton's going to be more in the middle, which is where Trebojevic also likes to play. Um, so this is a really, really big match-up for us. I think if Ryan Sutton can display that hardness and grit and toughness he did last week where he played for 80 minutes, Trebojevic is an 80-minute player as well. Uh, and if he doesn't play for 80 minutes, Trebojevic, that's a win for us because he's, he's their forward leader, uh, New South Wales Australian rep, so he's got some good pedigree about him. Uh, but once again, if we can just maintain that intensity with Ryan versus Trebojevic and really try and nullify Trebojevic as well, because once again, he'll be coming straight down the middle. He does have a good offload. I think this matchup is really a key for our forward pack. And if we get over the top of their forward leader, it's going to go a long way to getting those two points. Number eight, I've gone for speed. Now, once again, looking through this manly side, they're not blessed with a lot of speed either in the ruck area or the outside backs. So if we can bring our speed game, I would like us to see us have the ball in play a hell of a lot more, not kicking for touch. I think Manly like the ball in touch. It allows them to settle the play, get the scrum, waste of 30 seconds, uh, muck around. You know, I think they want the ball in touch as much as, much as possible. I think tomorrow we've got to keep the ball away from the sideline when we have, when we have the attack. Manly don't want a quick game. They want like an octagon, a messy wrestling type of game where it's stop, start, stop, start, penalty, leg caught in the ruck, whatever the case might be. That's Manly's best chance of winning tomorrow is in that type of mode. Uh, so we've got to have a lot of speed in defence. And once again, we've been attacking without defence really well the last couple of weeks. So those brutal hits. Uh, and then once we can get on that roll and win that ruck area, and I just want to see our speed, man. Particularly CNK around the ruck. Jack to take on the line like he did last week when the Broncos got tied. Jack made some really telling runs. Um, but I think our speed tomorrow is going to be quite critical with our fitness to get over the top of Manly. That breeds confidence. I think we're now getting six rounds in. Uh, you can just see the confidence between a lot of like five or six new players. CNK is really working well now around the ruck area, as well as on the right and left edge. He's sniffing around for opportunities. Bateman's full of confidence. Ryan Sutton last week had a very confident game, scored a try. He looked like he belonged last week, Ryan Sutton, for the first time all year. He really blended beautifully into that number 13 position. So those confidence combinations are just starting to gel. And when you're winning... It does, it does take a massive load off you because you're not trying to force it. It sort of automatically becomes instinctive when things happen. You're not trying to manufacture a play, and you can see such times when plays are manufactured. With us at the moment, we're just looking like it's just flowing, just like a training run. Everyone's in their right position, and we're just playing football. We're not trying to overthink things. Football's a simple game, and that's why, that's why we've got to um, uh, keep it a lot of the time. Number 10, I've gone for Hodjo and Papa. Now, I think once again, 
talking about confidence and combinations, these two have it in spades. I'm expecting Josh to hit Papa a lot close, flat to the line tomorrow night, like he usually does. Once again, Manly are a big side. They're slow. They don't move well laterally, Manly, at all. Um, but I think if we can get a quick ruck, play the ball area, I expect Hodjo to hit Papa a hell of a lot closer to the line tomorrow night. Two things happen. Papa either scores or with his size and the way that he draws in defenders now as our forward leader, Manly going to be looking for that play a lot. So there's going to be looking from the inside ruck and the outside to try and swarm and block it off. That gives us space out wide for that next play. As long as we win the ruck, that's where the tries are going to be, particularly on that left and right edge. Uh, so looking forward to that part of our game tomorrow, particularly I think that'll work in spades if we can get Papa one-on-one or one-on-two in a quick play of the ball with Hodjo hits in flat that close to the line. You won't stop him. So guys, that's it for this week's top 10. Thank you so much for your support. As always, you can hit me up on my Facebook page at Berkey's Top 10. Uh, on Twitter at Berkey Top 10. Also now on YouTube, which I'll have in the link. Um, just YouTube uh, and search uh, Berkey's Top 10. You'll find all this year's pre- and post-match reviews, as well as the uh, pre-season reviews if you want to go back that far. Uh, so YouTube's now up and running. Podcast will be refreshed as well the next couple of days and bring all my podcasts up to date, guys. But as always, thank you for your support, guys. Let's bleed green, and it's bye for now. Out, Berkey.